Welcome back. Richard, we missed last week. Uh, I know. Because despite all of our best efforts, um, you know, things just continue to happen. It's, I, we can't get into the, to the sink of things because of uh, working apart. Uh, we're not in the same office ever. So, um, so we missed last week, but we're back this week. I know. We have to make a commitment, though. We really have to. Uh, just, just, we just have to make a commitment that we're going to do this at least once a week. Well, I'd like to do it more than that, but. Right. I remember we used to do it uh, every day. days a week. Uh, we, did, we did it every I can't believe that. Remember Frazier? Remember our friend Frazier from Scott? He said, you guys are animals. You do this every day, you know. And so we're, we must have been younger and healthier or something. It had to, it had to be that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, we, we, we have time set aside to, to do the, our podcast. And then, um, you know, something happens that interrupts that, something outside of our control. And suddenly we are, um, we don't get it done. So, well, uh, and, and, and I think it's endemic. It's, it's, it's typical of, of what's going on today. I mean, just hard. We're out of sync. Everybody's out of sync. That's you know, I mean, we're trying to, we keep adjusting to events that are, that are not, they're no longer in, in our control. Mm -hmm. And um, so it just, uh, everybody's schedule um, has been thrown off. Absolutely. So, so we apologize for the uh, hit and miss, but we're going to renew our commitment. Um, we did an article a few weeks ago about uh, ha uh, Happy New Year. You That's know, right. the beginning of the school year is a chance to uh, make renew your commitments. Uh, we were laughing about that the other day. That remember making New Year's resolutions a few months ago? A couple of <laughs> months like, ago. Seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? You know, I mean, whatever happened to those, right? No, it's so all of you who were going to lose weight and start a new business. We usually say. Uh, the year's flying by so fast, but it, it is, but it isn't. It's like that January was was uh, a pandemic ago, so it's like no, it really. It's like a whole, uh, almost a whole lifetime. Uh, you know, it's the illusion of control. You know, we have right. the illusion of control. My mother used to say, well, "You think you're in control," you know, but right. we learned a learned a good lesson this year. So, but we will we will recommit ourselves to uh, being here on a more regular basis. Certainly, there's a lot to talk about. There is, and you know, we we were looking for something uh, a bit outside of COVID to talk about. Yet uh, there is nothing but COVID to talk about. Well, uh, but yeah. as part of that, I, I think that you know the topic that we're going to cover today, um, the, the topic of um, shifting back to normal, um, or this idea of um, trying to shift back to normal. I think is really a good transition as we continue to look for some things to talk about that are not necessarily COVID related. Um, yeah. There are lots You're of right. things that are still going you know, on. We, you and I have talked about that many times that, hey, let's do something besides COVID. Right. But then COVID keeps insinuating itself into our lives because it keeps changing. Circumstances keep changing all over the world. You know, the, um, you know this thing flares up and then it dies down. And it so it's a constantly, uh, changing topic and 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 everybody is sort of interested in it. So we're going to try to talk about other things, but right now um, we're we're still stuck on this ever changing topic of COVID and how we should manage it. At least now, right. we're not talking just about it. We're talking about how best to manage it. And and as psychologists, um, that's what we're, we're vitally interested in is how do you manage the emotional aspects of this of this disease of this disorder. Right, because there's a lot of there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of um, 
Discord, there's a lot of uh, confusion and, and sadness and uh, frustration and being overwhelmed. There, there's lots of different emotions that are happening right now, um, especially with the start of school. Um, here in our district, school starts tomorrow. Uh, for the for the majority of uh, of schools in our area, and um, there's a lot of unrest about that. There there were protests um, that, that were happening over the weekend, and so it's um, it, it's a, a big issue. And you know we have these two polls that are that are present. You know those that are saying let's stay quarantined and mm -hmm. um, you know stay apart so that we can right. eradicate. Um, COVID. And then we have the other side who's saying, no, we need to get back to normal. We need to get back to our lives and not let this um, pandemic control everything that we're doing and, and, and take control of our lives. And there's a lot of space in between. Um, and maybe that's a little bit about what we're going to talk about today, because we have these, uh, a couple of articles that cover or kind of, or talk about the concerns related to the new normal, um, or this idea of the new normal, um, as well as some we'll kind of close with some strategies for uh, coping a little bit better with, with all this that's going on. But, um, but you know, what do we mean when we're talking about the new normal? Um, when we were preparing for this, Richard, you said that, um, uh, that interesting quote that, how can it be new if it's normal? Uh, it's, like, it's like an oxymoron, jumbo. Yeah, it, can't be, it can't be new if it's normal, and it can't be normal if it's new. Right. Okay, and that's what this author points out. But yeah, you're right. Everybody talks about the new normal, like, oh yeah, there's this new normal. There isn't going to be a new normal. Um, you, you don't have a new normal. Um, and what she argues, and I think what, what people are beginning to sense, uh, even amidst all the fear uh, with schools reopening and all the, the um, consternation related to that, mm -hmm. is that she is arguing, and I think she argues persuasively, that we shouldn't embrace the idea of a post-pandemic new normal. Right. Because she said, that's not what it's gonna look like. It's, it's not, we're not going to change, we're not gonna be living two years from now the way we're living right now. Right. So the, don't, don't, uh, don't harbor that illusion. Um, but the other thing I like about her approach is, is she, uh, sort of a subtitle, is the value of optimism in weathering the storm. And I think that's where we are today. I think we're beginning, I think, I think we're all beginning to show the strains of this disorder. I mean, that's clear. Um, there are emotional trauma, turmoil. Um, you said something earlier today about what, what it's, uh, the effect it's having on all of us. So the, the question now is how do we weather this? The storm is here. How do we weather it? We talked earlier about hurricanes, you know, or tornadoes, or that new storm that hit the Midwest last week. There was even a new name for it. Um, but, but those are over in a couple of days. Even if the hurricane cleanup takes a week or so, then it's over, and then you do get back to normal. Um, this is going on now for months, and probably we're going to be into the next year before it ends. So how do you maintain optimism while you weather the storm? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Right, because I, I think that part of the the distress that a lot of people are experiencing is that um, is that they liked their life before, yeah. they liked what they considered to be normal before, and so yes, when everybody's talking about we're going to have this new normal, what what we're saying between the lines is that life is going to be different than it was before. Well, if you really liked the way that your life was before, 
anticipating it being different or very different, that's going to be distressing because we don't really want our life to be different. And, and so a lot of the um, distress and a lot of the conflict, internal and external conflict that we're experiencing related to COVID, um, in many cases is related to this idea of, I don't want to change. I don't want a new normal. I want my life to be back what it was. Yeah, we really like we really like routines. I mean, our bodies our bodies are made for routines. We have circadian rhythms. You sleep when it's dark. You wake up when it's light. So biologically, we we are we are um, we are we like routines. We settle into routines and we get used to routines. And if they're thrown off, either with taking a twenty-two hour flight to Taiwan, um, you know, jet lag and that sort of thing, you pay a little price for that. Okay, so here we are. Um, in the middle of this pandemic, and it has disrupted all those routines, plus the danger factor, you know, and uh, not only for yourself, but fa uh, friends and family who, who might be at risk. So, so what she tells us in this article, first of all, she said, but we're going to weather this storm because this storm, this COVID is going to be with us for many months. Right. Uh, this it's not going anywhere. We're going to be doing this for the rest of the year, for the rest of this calendar year Amazing. and into 2021. Okay. Um, we are weary. Uh, we have, there's something called crisis fatigue okay, mm -hmm. that we're all beginning to experience. We are frightened. Mm -hmm. This is a deadly disease. This isn't something you get and recover. Even if you recover, what we're beginning to understand now is that even if you recover, there are symptoms that persist, uh, emotional, neurological. Uh, people are complaining about things that, that go on for months. Uh, symptoms persist for months. Um, also, it's going to get worse. We are entering flu season. <laughs> We're in hurricane season, okay? Every time there's a tropical depression, if you don't live in Florida or Louisiana or Texas, you don't have a full appreciation for the fear that hurricanes strike in the hearts of people who live in this part of the country. Um, every time there's a storm, we think, no, please, no hurricanes, because life is already disrupted. And to add that, it makes it even worse. Well, but we're also I, getting into flu season. And not to mention schools are starting again. We, we've talked about schools times. You know, you're, you're about to put hundreds of students together in, a, in, in buildings. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I'm working in the schools again this year. And um, I, I've been to both of my elementary schools already. Um, and, I, you know, there, there's a, and, and talking with folks at my, the middle school I cover, um, th there's a lot of concern. There's a lot of, you know, how are you going to handle hundreds, if not thousands, depending right. on middle and high schools, of students together in, in a couple of buildings? That's right. No, and, and so that's, that's striking fear because our governor mandated that every school in the state had to open on time, okay? Now they're not going to be full, as full as right. they were, but um, when you put all, when you start putting all these kids together, um, adults and, and children, um, you're, you're inviting, mm -hmm. uh, uh, increased infection rates. Okay. So that's a fear that we have. We're also entering flu season. Right. So flu itself is going to increase. So all flus are going to increase because um, of the time of year follows flu season. And then there's increased anger. And we see that coming up over and over again between the deniers and the, I call, there's a group we call the deniers, that this is really a hoax. And then there are the compliers, the people who are social distancing and wearing masks. And these two groups are um, 
starting to struggle with each other. And there's some news, news reports coming out now. Um, this anger is starting to boil over. So, so this thing is going to be around and um, it's going to get worse. And we, but we need to learn how to manage it. And this author, and, and we agree with her, is that there is cause for optimism that we're going to get to a new place uh, eventually. Right. So, but in the meantime, we have to live in this clean, sanitized, socially distanced quarantine world um, to protect our physical health. Um, and if we, in trying to do that, we are putting a lot of strain on, on our emotional health. So we have sacrificed, we are sacrificing our emotional health for our physical health. Okay. And it's taking an emotional toll. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and you can see it in people, um, see some of that struggle in, in folks. I, I'm coaching again. Um, so my soccer season just started and we've, done, we've had a few practices and I'm, I'm coaching a U12 uh, girls team. And, um, you know, you, you introduce yourself to the team and, you know, you're talking and the players want to come up and give you a hug or they want to give you a high five or something. And you can see them moving that direction <laughs> and stop because, they're, they're all making that transition because, you know, it's, they're, they're trying to make that uh, adaptation. They're, they're trying to adjust to all of this and, um, and it's still an adjustment. It's still different. Um, and, but, you know, we'll get there. It's I saw, I saw a video of a, uh, you don't like American football. I know football for you is, is done with your feet, but um as appropriately enough, but American football. And I saw a video of a college football scrimmage. You know, they have these uh, beginning of the year scrimmages. And it was almost comic because the, the teams are on the field, the stands are empty, right. and the players, the sideline has been expanded to almost the entire length of the field. And every player is sitting on his own chair and every player has a backpack full of water and supplies that they're going to need for the game. Um, it was almost comic. It was like somebody dreamt this thing, but th that's what football is going to look like this year. If it's played, that's what it's going to look like. And it's yeah, that's just, what doing, that's what they're doing in um, soccer stadiums. Uh, are they? Is that the stadium stands are empty. Um, right. And the, but the players who are, sitting in the dugout or in the um in on the sidelines they're sitting in the stands like behind the dugouts <clears throat> spread out you know oh, they're in the stands yeah they're yeah. actually in the stands right yeah they're, they're like spread out so it's it's yeah it's interesting right right well anyway so we have this if we if we look at the history of pandemics uh and and we listen to the daily updates um we can remain we can become a little bit optimistic if we focus on return, we're gonna to return to the world that we knew before this thing struck, okay? Our lives are gonna go back to that. Uh, it's not gonna look appreciably different. It looks different now. It's not gonna look different later. Um, we live in community. Uh, we live together. We, we, we are missing that social interaction. And there's no reason to believe that um, after this is over, and this will, this will be over eventually, I mean, even the bubonic plague of the Middle Ages, it eventually ended without medication because you get herd immunity and you develop your own natural immunities. Um, we don't live alone. That's just not normal for us. So we are going to go back and we're going to live the way we were before. So it's okay to, to begin to think of in more, a little more optimistic terms. As difficult as it is, there is no reason not to be optimistic. Okay. Right. 
This is a great coping strategy too, right? right? When, right. We, when we work, when we look ahead and we think positively, mm -hmm. um, it, it helps us through a much more um, adversity than if we're mm -hmm. looking ahead and thinking very pessimistically, thinking uh, that everything is dire and everything is going right. to uh, right. be, be uh, un, um, unacceptable uh, right. in the future. Um, right. So, so optimism is is a great coping strategy, mm -hmm. right? And so, she says. For, and the reason for her optimism is this: first of all, she says social isolation is not normal. That's not going to become normal. As a species, we're not going to suddenly change our need to be together. Okay, we don't live alone. We don't isolate ourselves. And so, eventually, kids are going to go back to school. People are gonna go back to work, restaurants are gonna reopen. We are beginning, because social isolation is not normal for our species. Okay. Right, so, and, it, it, and it's detrimental to us. We, we, right. there, there's adequate research from, from decades, from the decades uh, you know, past that demonstrate that social isolation um, and loneliness is not good for us. Right, like exactly, okay. Second, um, kids will go back to school. Um, <laughs> look, remote learning is, isn't working. I mean, that, that's not, not this is not going to do it. Right. Right. We, we can't, it's not, it's not successful with very young children. Right. Okay. We know that. Um, it's very difficult to implement because parents are work. I mean, the way our country is structured is it's structured around kids being in school all day. And there's a reason for that, because we had to put them someplace else so that their parents could work. Right. right? That, um, and so we developed a social system based on kids. I, we had, uh, man, what do they call it, mandatory? We mandated that children must remain in school until they're 16, okay, they're all over the country. And that was done way back, at, at not the turn of this century, the turn of the last century. It was not like in the 1890s that we had um, mandatory school attendance. You, we had to get, first of all, we didn't want children competing for jobs that adults should have, okay? So what do we do? Well, you put them in school. And second, we needed to get the kids out of their homes and someplace else so that their, children, so that their parents could work, okay? And so that's not going to change. That social structure of kids being in school is right. not going to change. So, so not only does remote learning not, not work well, and we don't have the structure for remote learning. Um, you mentioned some data the other day of one of your schools where you say, well, kids can work on, they can be out their computers. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, they don't have computers. I mean, okay. Yeah. And second, they don't have high-speed internet, right. if they have internet at all. Right. They're, 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 the school districts are making a tremendous, um, making a lot of um, purchases of, of data, uh, equipment, um, devices, that's the word I was looking the for. schools are. Um, they're making, yeah, they're iPads and right. uh, Chromebooks and all kinds of different um, devices that can be given to students to use at home uh, right. because there, there are, you know, there are thousands of students choosing home-based learning, um, but you're right. They, 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 many of them don't have the, um, the equipment that they need. Uh, There's some of the services that are providing free internet um, for those families that they can get the information to and get the equipment to and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you know, when it, if it was 
mandatory to go wireless uh, or to go um, paperless and, and everything is web-based, you know, you're, you're going to lose a lot of students because there just, there just isn't, right. we tend to think that everybody has access to these things. And, you know, right down your street, wherever you live, right down the street, there are people who don't have internet, that don't have computers. Right. And if you have, let's say you have one or two computers in your house, if you have three children of school age, you need right. a computer for each child. Right. Um, and during the, during the closure at the end of the 20, 1920 school year, um, there were kids trying to do this with cell phones. Right. You, you, yeah. It's very unstable, but it's also, how do you, do, how do you educate yourself on a cell phone? Okay? Right. That's not what it's meant for. And, so, and that's just the hardware. We don't have the hardware, we don't have the infrastructure. The other thing is who pays for all this? Right. You know, when you say, well, we'll give each student a right. computer, um, think about the numbers. Think about the scale or let's provide, uh, is it 5G now what people are going to be working on? Let's provide access to everybody who pays for connecting all that stuff right. okay? all around the entire country, including those states like Montana and Idaho, where people are scattered on farms and villages. Right. And, and you know, and then you, you have all those who are really worried about, um, you know, not to bring too many uh, political issues into it, but you know, then you have everybody who's concerned about socialism and okay, well, so should the government provide free internet to everyone so that everyone has access? Um, you know, there are a lot of people who oppose those kinds of things like universal health care uh, in very similar ways. Um, but at the same time, how do you, how do you balance that? How do you make sure that everybody's educated because it is better for society if everybody's educated. Um, how do you educate everybody if everybody doesn't have access to education? Right, that's right, yeah. And, and we, we were just, when I say we, I mean those of us who were involved in education in the last at least 20 years, we are just beginning to learn how to present online education. This is a new field, okay? Right. And so, we're just we're just beginning to learn how to present content in an online format. That's we weren't ready for this. We right. didn't, That's what I said we, that earlier. Yeah. That's what I said earlier that you know it's not working very well the way that we're currently doing it because we're 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 you trying to use the old model right um, in a new under through a new medium and and the whole model is going to have to change if we're going to make this adjustment. That's right. Um, the whole thing, but we're, we're, we're not prepared for that yet. Right. And one of the places that that came into stark relief was the old model includes um, high stakes standardized tests at the end of the year. Well, assuming that everybody's getting the same information in the same way, you can have a standardized test. That no longer exists. Right. So the old model right. has collided with the new way of doing things. Right. And that's just one example. Right. But yeah, school is going to look like it did a year ago, right? Okay. It's, it's gonna it's gonna go back to that. Okay? That was a great transition back to the topic because we, we got off on a tangent. Right. So so kids are gonna go back to school. Third, parents are gonna go back to work. Yeah. Um, we are learning how to keep factories, uh, make factories, make um, workplaces safer. Mm -hmm. um, when we say workplaces, we're talking about stores and restaurants and bars and shops. We're also talking about manufacturing 
mm-hmm. uh, companies because that's where we have seen a surge, like in the meatpacking plants right. and in manufacturing. Um, that's where there is a lot of illness is in those places. But we're learning how to manage that. Okay, right. we'll get, People will get better and better at doing that. So people who can work from home will continue to do so. And those who must go to a place like a meat packing plant or a box factory or a canning factory, we're gonna learn how to keep them safer. So parents are gonna go back to work, okay? Um, As we said, social distancing is a temporary fix. It's not gonna be with us forever, okay? And so there are reasons to be optimistic. Social distancing is not normal. Online learning is not normal. People working from home is not normal. Um, these things are all going to change and they're going to go back to the way they were. What we have to do is, ma- is remember that. We have to keep in mind that these are cultural, these are fixed cultural practices that right. aren't going to change because of a pandemic. We are going to get back to the way it was before the pandemic. Right. Yeah, it, it will take a little bit of time, but we will get there. And, and so in the meantime, we have to learn to cope with where we are. Uh, with what's going on, right? And this is where the other article that we have for today, it kind of comes into play um, because the author of that article offers some, some specific strategies or uh, some, at least some things to consider to help cope with some of the stress and all that is that, that we're presented with right now. Right. Yeah, I think what we have to do, and, and I know that um, there are times when you do get I can feel myself getting overwhelmed at times where, where you just say, I, I just can't do this anymore. I mean, it's just so many adjustments, so much um, denial, denial in the sense of you're denying yourself things that you really want. You know, you get to, you get to the end of the work week and you think, wow, I would really like to go out yeah. and be with friends tonight and you can't. Okay. So right. you're denying yourself. So um, there is a feeling of hopelessness mm-hmm. that, all of us are experiencing you're not alone if you're experiencing that hopelessness and loneliness please understand you're not alone we are all experiencing that absolutely and one in four about 25 to 40 percent of us are experiencing higher levels of anxiety clinical levels of anxiety and depression okay so and we don't want to underestimate that 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 it's taking this disease it's not the disease it's not only the disease, it's the adjustments that we've had to make to, to keep ourselves physically healthy, to end this, this disease. Um, mm-hmm. We've had to make enormous adjustments, which have create those adjustments have created the sort of emotional turmoil, pain anxiety that, that, that has been created. Don't underestimate that. We're all experiencing it. Um, and, and, uh, but, but don't ever un- underestimate the price, the emotional price that this, that we're paying for this. Okay. And, and, and that's why it's important that we take care of ourselves right. um, during this time so that we can um, at least mediate some of those effects and, and minimize the, the impact that it has, that they're having on our functioning and our ability to, you know, accomplish the things that we do still need to accomplish. Um, right. You know, we were joking at the beginning of the podcast about the podcast, about, you know, how difficult it is to, to schedule because we're not working in this, you know, I, I think we've talked about this many times in previous podcasts, but, you know, you and I would be together at the office at, you know, three or four o'clock in the morning 
and it would we would one of us would just walk into the other's office and say you ready let's let's we can record yeah. and we can just turn everything on and, and start recording um yeah. now you know i don't remember the last time i saw you face to face um, no we don't mm -hmm. um and so we have to try to coordinate in different ways and it's very easy to allow things that we know we need to do and want to do and things that energize us. Like I, I really enjoy doing the podcast. Um, and it gets distressing when you, when you realize that it's um, Sunday night and we didn't record a podcast for the week and where did the time go? And so we have to be really mindful of what we're allowing to get to, to slip by because of um, just this adjustment that we're still, you know, six months later, still trying to make. Right. Yeah. And, and so with these high rates of especially anxiety and depression, anxiety at 25%, depression at 50%, all of us are experiencing that. Right. Um, this crisis is not just medical and economic. I mean, we talk about the medical cost, the, the uh, morbidity and mortality associated with the pandemic. We also talk about the economic cost, but there's a psychological cost. There's an emotional cost that we're all paying as well. And we can't forget about that. So this article is based on a study that was done in Germany. Remember the pandemic arrived in Europe before it arrived here. So this was a study done um, beginning in December of 2019 and to uh, May of 2020. And it was done on almost a thousand adults um, that were questioned about how they managed, what did they do to manage the pandemic and who did it successfully? What, what were the things that people did that managed it successfully versus those who had more difficulty, okay? Right. And they, they, we talk about in psychology, we talk about something called positive reframing, okay? Um, one of the things that, that we use, but they list six, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six ways that you can, that, that if you incorporate these, if you use these things, um, you're likely to have a better outcome. You're, you're, you're better able to manage the psychological cost that the pandemic is taking. Yeah. Okay. The first one is active coping. Right. Okay. Active coping, as the name implies, is that you're out seeking information seeking social support, seeking help, uh, changing your environment, solving your problems. In other words, you're saying, okay, I'm confronted with this thing, but I'm not gonna lie back and just let it overwhelm me. I'm gonna take action. Right, I, when I talk to, to patients about this kind of thing, I refer to it as intentional coping. Hmm. Um, that, you have yeah. to be intentional about it. It's not going to happen on its own. It's not going to, mm -hmm. you're not going to, you know, wake up one morning and, and suddenly feel, you know, 100% better, you're going to have to actively or intentionally make some decisions and make yourself do some of the things that you need to do to, to better cope. That's right. It's one of the first things we say, if you feel depressed, get up and do something, okay? Right. You will feel better. Okay? Right. The second is positive reframing. Right. This is a little bit tricky because people often think it's, oh, I'm trying to trick myself. No, you're not trying to trick yourself. What you're doing is you're saying, I can either look at this and get dismayed and discouraged and depressed, or I can look at it and say, okay, this gives me the opportunity. All these shit gives me the opportunity to do something different. Emphasis on do, okay? Do something different. Um, 
we were in our in the medical and psychological profession we were no longer able to bring large numbers of patients to us okay so we had to change some things we had um additional time use that time for something constructive in other words you can look at it you can look at everything it's a glass half full versus glass half empty approach you can look at it as oh the glass is half empty, or you can say okay i have this i can do these things right okay. Positive and we talked about that early on in the in, in this whole process because we said you know yeah you can't go out and do some of the things that you used to do but you do have that uh list of chores and that list of things that you wanted to do at home um that you could be doing during this during the time that you're in quarantine or that you're right. um so use it as a positive experience as best you can yeah the most impressive that i've seen i have two patients and i am just so impressed with them they used the pandemic to lose weight and get into shape. Yeah. I didn't, I almost didn't recognize one of them because we did a Zoom meeting the other day. I was absolutely astonished at how good this person looks yeah. because he said, okay, this is a weird time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that meal plan and that exercise that, that I've been promising myself. Yeah. It looks fabulous. I mean, that's the glass half full. I mean, he, took it as an opportunity. It looks great. And I have a couple of them who did that. Yeah. Okay. The third is instrumental support. Okay. Instrumental support is helping others. If you help others, it makes you feel better. One of the things that's happened here, we've become very isolated, very insular and, you know, but if you can find a way to do something for somebody else, it'll make you feel better. Absolutely. It's that it's the same thing that we were talking about earlier with, with being social creatures, you know, right. we, we thrive when we are interacting with other people. And part of that is helping other people. Part mm -hmm. of that is engaging and feeling um, connected to other people in that way. And so it, it makes sense. Yeah. I have a family member who's single, lives alone, and um, she really wants to talk during. And so I make it a point to call her every day. Once or twice a day, I call her to check in because she has really, she's really quarantined herself and isolated herself during the whole pandemic. That it makes me feel better knowing that I'm in touch with her and I can make her laugh. And we have, we have wonderful conversations, a range of topics. Yeah. Um, so go out and do something for somebody else. You know, we all, goodness knows there's a lot of people struggling right now. Do Absolutely. what you can to help them and it will make you feel better. Um, the third is, or the fourth is, to rely on your spiritual or religious beliefs. I mean, I talk to people all the time about, you know, we talk about mindfulness and meditation and yoga. Well, the oldest form of meditation is prayer. Right. That's, so, so go ahead and get yourself to calm. Use your religious or your faith beliefs to, um, to calm yourself. So think of prayer as a form of meditation. Um, go to a quiet place, do the things you normally do that sustain you. So that go and use your religious beliefs. And, and that will help with the optimism as well. Right, exactly. Um, curiously, there's something in our field called um, locus of control. And when we studied it in graduate school, we all assumed that very religious people would have a very low locus of control because they're, it was just the opposite. People right. who are religious have a higher level of feeling of control. So right. yeah, go ahead and use your religious beliefs. Number five is acceptance. Mm -hmm. Stop fighting against it. You know, it's like 
we have these uh, riptides in Florida, and and we're always told don't struggle against it, swim away, swim across it, and get into calmer waters. Okay, so stop struggling. Uh, that's just going to make it worse. And we 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 see that with. Um, people who are, are highly anxious and they fight against things. We said, don't fight it, let it, it'll pass. You know, don't fight the panic attack, just let it work and then it'll go away, okay? So you have to accept what is. And then the last is emotional support. Um, both what the emotional support you can give to others and the emotional support that you can get from others. Um, go ahead and, you know, many of us are renewing old relationships. Right. I got a call from a guy the other day. In fact, he, he wrote a, a little review of our, our book years ago, mm -hmm. pediatrician up in South Carolina. And he called and he said, I'm just trying to reconnect with you. And there's some people I want to reconnect with. Yeah. So that's emotional support. So we had a nice 45 minute conversation, caught up on everything. Now we're going to be perennial like this. We're going to be friends on Facebook. I didn't know how to do that. But I learned how to, I learned how to do, accept a friend on Facebook. <laughs> Stop <laughs> to accept a friend on Facebook. Hey, we're going to do Zoom. we're going to do Zoom meetings. Learned how to do that last week, right? So stop, stop making fun of me, Barney. Okay. So use Zoom, use FaceTime. Um, you know, renew these things. Get the give the emotional support that others need, and get the emotional support that you need. Okay, go out and get it. What should you stop doing? Well, I found it interesting that one of the things that she that was listed as not doing or mm -hmm. actually didn't find they didn't find that it was beneficial or harmful right. was the humor. Right. And, and, you know, because usually we think of, you know, use humor as a way to sort of distract yourself and to focus on something else. But, you know, we didn't find that humor making, you know, being funny about it that it really, really helped or hurt. So stop making jokes about this, Bernie. This is serious business. It doesn't hurt to make jokes about well, it. Well, and the other was the other was trying to distract yourself, you know, from, it's not that it was bad, it's that it, it, didn't, it didn't have much of an effect, right. okay, so. But what should you avoid? The first thing is substance use. Okay, that's not the way to get through these things, okay? If you're going to do these six things, you have to have a clear head. Okay, and, and so there is this risk of increased substance use. That's one of the things that we laugh about, you know, how our eating and drinking habits may change during this time. Right. But please be careful of that. You don't want to resort to uh, using substances, um, drugs and alcohol. Um, planning, uh, we talked about, we talked about that through this practice. Be careful about making plans because chances are it's not gonna work out. And then you get disappointed and that right. makes you more distressed. And that makes it worse, okay? Uh, venting, um, complaining about it um, also doesn't help because venting or complaining has a way of, be, of perpetuating and making it worse. Right, you start now. thinking about it and, and uh, then just, there's just, and this happened and that happened. And it has a way of, of taking over and becoming larger than right. you intended. So keep the complaining and the venting, kind of keep that inside if you can. Right, right. And, or well, and if you're doing some of these other things, being optimistic and things like that, then it's right. going to help with that anyways, right. Um, right. So hopefully. Yep. And the last, of course, is denial. Right. Um, you know, don't deny that there is a problem. Uh, right. and, and there's there's always a temptation 
And I, I can feel it and I see it in other people where they say, I'm just done with this, you know, and this is not gonna, and, and you sort of deny the seriousness right. of the problem. And you say, I'm tired of face masks. I'm, and we're all tired of face masks. We hate the way they smell. We hate that they itch. Mm-hmm. We're all experiencing that. But um, um, just remember those surgeons who stand over you wear face masks for eight out of 12 or 15 hours at a time. Right. So we can do it. Um, so um, don't deny that there's a problem. That doesn't help. So use these, um, and, and we're going to include these in the show notes. So you can look these up and take a look at them. Yeah, absolutely. The, the link to the both articles will be in the show notes. So, so read them and, and uh, we'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts or any other ideas about them. Right. And, um, but, but we hope that they help because, you know, again, thinking about we're going to be adjusting back to normal. Right. And, um, you know, things may look a little bit different here and there, but, you know, grossly speaking, we're going to be back to normal. And, and in the meantime, we need to better cope with all that's happening. That's right what the overall message is today. Yeah, and what we have to remember, what we're talking about here and what we're trying to prepare for is that number one, schools are going to reopen. In some way, shape or form, schools are gonna reopen around the country uh, beginning of the fall, beginning now. Second, we're approaching the holiday season. You know, we were laughing about this year's New Year's resolutions. In a few months, it's gonna be holiday time again, okay? And so get ready for don't plan too much because we have no idea. Right. We cannot predict what things are going to look like. In our practice, we're, we're taking a month at a time. We knew we, in, at the end of July, we decided what August would look like. At the end of next week, we will meet with everybody and we'll decide what September is going to look like. And then we'll meet and decide what October is going to look like. Um, we had to go out and do some shopping. You, you were going to go out and do some shopping today, Kat, right? We did that yesterday, okay? And um, we don't go to stores anymore. You rarely go to stores. And so you walk into stores, oh, there's Halloween. Okay, there's all this Halloween stuff out. And and so people are saying, well, we have to get that. Are we even gonna have Halloween this year? Right, yeah. Well, kids go trick-or-treating. Right, and so we don't know, right? This is August. That's two months and one week away. So be careful about planning anything. And then, then it's Thanksgiving and then it's the holidays, the, the end of the year holidays. Um, and so be careful about what you're planning, but be, but go ahead and make plans. Okay. Start to figure out how you're going to manage to take active, um, active coping. Right. You know, what am I going to do for the holidays? And, and just, and when you plan, just, plan a few alternatives. We right. can do it this way or we can do it this way if this happens. But, but you know, you have enough time to think about several paths that can be taken. Right. You know, before we, before we end, there's a, a thing, I think, that is, is going to offer a possible solution. Um, the NBA right now is playing basketball a few miles from here. The NBA always plays basketball. Go ahead. You were, they play a few miles from here and they're in what they call a bubble. Mm-hmm. It's the NBA bubble. They're living together at ESPN, at Disney, okay? Mm-hmm. The, the sports complex at Disney. Mm-hmm. So they brought all the teams together, but they're keeping them isolated mm-hmm. and not letting anything in or anybody out. So they're in a bubble, mm-hmm. but they're able to associate with each other because right. everybody knows that everybody's 
negative. Okay. You can do that yourself. You can create your bubble. Who are the people that you're saying, my son has two young children, they're two and five. They have one other family who have the young children and they're doing things very similarly. Right. That's the only family that they see because they know they're safe. So they've created their bubble. Right. Okay. So one of the things you might want to think about as you, as you tire of social isolation is who's in your bubble. Are you sure that they're safe? You can't, you can't put people in the bubble who are going out to bars and restaurants and right. exposing themselves. So you may want to think about who, do, who can I put in my bubble? Who do I know is safe? And who do I know is going to protect me? Okay. And that would be your social network right now. So there are ways to do this if you do it carefully and do it thoughtfully and respect this disease. Right. It's, it's a killer. It's a bad, bad disease to get. And so respect the disease, but go ahead and create a life. It's going to end. I mean, we're going to get back to normal. Um, but in the meantime, do what you need to do to get through it. And don't forget your psychological well-being, not just your physical well-being. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. So. All right. Well, that's it. We we have a couple of interviews that we're gonna we're scheduling. Um, ah, that's right. So um, you'll see. Uh, uh, hopefully, you'll be seeing a few other faces besides just ours on the on the podcast coming up soon. Um, at least if you're watching on on YouTube. So, um, but we will uh, do our best to be back again next week. Before you leave, right. people are asking me, "How can I see these podcasts? Mm -hmm. Where should they go to see these podcasts?" We haven't said that for a long time. YouTube. We were talking about it earlier. What do you mean? YouTube. Mm -hmm. What else? Where? The Mental Breakdown? Right. Yeah, YouTube. The, the Mental Breakdown page on, on YouTube. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, just go into YouTube, type in The Mental Breakdown, and um, you'll find us. Um, it's YouTube.com slash The Mental Breakdown. Um, right. One word. Right. Um, that's our page. I have, I have people tell me, I can't find them. I, can, I said, no, just go to this place and they should all be there. Yeah, that's where they, that's where they are. Um, there's a lot of them there. There's a lot of videos there. So um, uh, yeah, you'll find everything that we've done um, and recorded there on YouTube. So all set. So, all yes. right. Well, is that it? That's I mean, it. One more things. All right. So we'll be back next week. We will be back next week. You promise? Um, as long as you do. I want a commitment. I need a hard, hard commitment. I, I will be. I'll, I'll be, be here. Okay. All right. So until until I'll next week. Next week. Until next okay. week. All right. Stay happy. Stay healthy. And forget to be afraid.